Today, we're going to explore trouble in paradise and what happens when God has created a most perfect world and mankind has taken upon himself to not follow God's commands or God's instructions, but take manners into their own hand. And also what happens when man doesn't have control over his emotions, but man does what he feels like doing. Total chaos and almost a worldly destruction. So let's go take a look. What I'm looking at now, if you'd like to come along with me, is chapter three and chapter four in our creation story. In chapter three, we meet the snake. What a snake. Uh, it's really the serpent's enticement of woman. And it seems that maybe woman was the weaker of the two, of the couple of man and woman. He was very cunning. And he approached her and he says to her, did perhaps God say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman looked at the serpent and she said, of the fruit of any tree of the garden we may eat, of the fruit of the tree which is the center of the garden, God had said, you shall neither eat of it or touch it lest you die. Now she added, don't touch. Where did she get that idea from? Don't touch. Was she thinking that in her mind about not touching and it slipped out? It was her way, her way of protecting herself and her man. And then what happens with Cain and Abel? And here you have an ultimate story of don't touch. And look what happened when Cain touched Abel. Is there something about touching that God found could lead to more serious problems? Because she said, if you touch it, you shall die. And here we have Cain who actually touches Abel to the point where he does die. So what can we learn from the idea of not listening to God and taking manners in our own hands? And what do we do when touch has come out of control, has gone out of control? So let's see if there's any more details in the Adam and Eve story about touching. <laughs> the serpent says to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that on the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and bad. Now the woman looks at the tree again, and she perceived the tree was good for eating, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable as a means to wisdom. And she took of its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. He knew not to eat. So what's up here? How'd that happen? Then the eyes of both were open, and they realized they were naked, and they sewed together a fig leaf and made themselves aprons. They, they heard the sound of Hashem, God, manifesting itself in the garden toward evening. And the man and his wife hid from Hashem, God, among the trees of the garden. Hashem, God, called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? Okay, now let's jump to the Cain and Abel story.
And let's see if there's any clues in that text. Now, Hashem comes to him before he commits the act of murder. And this is right after he accepts Abel's offering, but not Cain's. No instructions seem to have been given before they offered up the prayer or the sacrifice. So it seems that they were on their own and God just wanted to see what they would do. And so he rejected Cain's offering, but then he says to him, why are you annoyed and why is your countenance fallen? Surely if you improve yourself and you will be forgiven, but if you do not improve yourself, sin rests at the door. It's desires towards you, yet you can conquer it. He might be implying back to the story of the Garden of Eden. But does Cain listen? Nope. No. Cain spoke with his brother Abel. And it happened when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Now let's see if we could set the stage. To give you some background, from the subtle contrast between the simple description of Cain's offering and the more specific description of Abel's offering, from the firstling of his flock and from their choices, the sages derived that Cain's offering was from the inferior portions of the crop, while Abel chose only the finest of his flock. Therefore, Abel's sacrifice was accepted, but not Cain's. This is according to Ibn Ezra or Radak. If you succumb to your evil inclination, punishment and evil will be as ever-present as if they lived in your doorway, according to Sforno. Now, the question was rhetorical because look what happens next. Hashem said to Cain, where is your brother, Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? We've basically heard something like that before, right? The question was rhetorical, for God knew well where he was. He engaged Cain in a gentle conversation to give him the opportunity to confess and repent. Rashi Radak and Sforna. And so it seems that we've progressed a little bit um, because if you go back to the story of chapter 3 and God has said to him, where are you? And Adam said, um, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I'm naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree from which I command you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And Hashem God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So now the Hashem God turns to the snake and says, because you have done this, a cursor to you, blah, 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 and then come all the punishments. So what's changed is that God wanted to create a little doorway or a window of escape or the ability to change to, or to rethink their behavior. Because look what it said here. The question was rhetorical. For God knew Phil well where he was. He engaged Cain in a gentle conversation to give him the opportunity to confess and repent. He opened that window for Cain, for Cain to step into it and to actually admit to what he had done. But God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. 
Therefore, you are cursed more than the ground, which opened wide its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it should no longer yield its strength to you. We heard that before about mankind, right, Adam? You shall become a vagrant and wanderer on earth. Not exactly what he told Adam, because Adam was locked out of the Garden of Eden. But look what's happened to Cain. So now the punishment has been ratcheted up. But what had changed here <coughs> was that God gave him the opportunity to confess and repent. That's something new. And so I'd like to wish all of us today, when we read the Parsha this coming Shabbat, It seems to me that each day, daily, we should think about our behavior and what comes out of our mouths and what we can do to be better people, God's workers. Because if we do a daily tally, a daily accounting of our thoughts, speech, and actions, maybe then when it comes to Yom Kippur, we won't have as much to retell, recount, and confess. And so I wish you a day of remembering, but remembering the positives and hoping that the negative thoughts, speech, and actions are on the less side, not on the heavier side. And there'll be that there'll be less confession and less repairing of relationships to do. Have a wonderful day.